1: Tomorrow, on January 22, the anniversary of the 1973 abortion decision, there will be 3,000 flowers laid before the steps of the United States Supreme Court. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council, joining me. On faith and freedom is holly mead
2: you know matt it's quite a powerful picture when you see these people lay all of these flowers down three thousand representing how many babies are killed every day by abortion and then just solemnly praying over the steps of the supreme court where that decision was originally made in 1973 to legalize the killing of unborn children
1: well our ministry in washington dc and our uh particularly faith and liberty ministry is very active involved in uh, these different um, mm-hmm. uh, events this week with regards to the Sanctity of Human Life Week. Right, the there's a prayer vigil recognition happening, right. Roe v. Wade and those who have died. There's a prayer vigil, there's the flower-laying ceremony that mm-hmm. takes place on the steps of the Supreme Court, which does give you a visual, and why 3,000? Because about 3,000 babies every day, which is a real tragedy and hard to even imagine, lose their life by abortion.
2: In fact, since 1973, almost 63 million have lost their lives in America.
1: It's unbelievable how Legally. many. Yeah, and then in addition to that, some some mothers have lost their lives too because they've died as a result of abortion. But many of them have, have lost their souls in the, in the sense of um, that they have felt uh, bitter against themselves and angry because of what they've done whether they know it or not. Many of them have these post-abortion traumas uh, where they find out later when they look back that's when they started abusing themselves. That's when they started cutting themselves or just abusing their bodies through drugs, alcohol, or through sex or just not respecting their bodies. They've lost respect. Many of these women that come to the Lord and ultimately feel the power of the Lord's forgiveness then look back and realize that's when their lives ultimately changed for the worse. So it's a human tragedy that goes on for generations until God ultimately, through Jesus Christ, heals those hurts.
2: You know, Matt, I I participated in a walk for a pregnancy center here last year to help raise money. And they had a table there, and they had all these little baby shoes on the the table and notes attached to each pair of baby shoes. Mm -hmm. And it gets me emotional just talking about it. But they have a post-abortive counseling classes that the mothers and fathers can go to that have experienced abortion. And these different parents have written notes to these children that are now in heaven. And to pick up a little pair of shoes and to see a dad you know, write this note to his to his his son or his daughter is just wow. compelling. So
1: each of those shoes uh, represent right. a child that lost his or her life through war Right. Abortion. So if
2: you could just imagine 63 million little pairs of shoes.
1: Wow. It's kind of like the shoes that you see at some of the Holocaust museums right. uh, of the people who lost their lives in the Holocaust. But
2: it also, you know, that takes a point that these these. These, it just doesn't go away. They had an abortion, and now they're dealing with the pain of it, having to go through grief counseling because they realized they killed their child. You know, but there is hope, there is healing, and you can use that as a testimony to help other people in the future. But you have to realize this has an impact on each person, each each mother, each father that experiences this.
1: Well, and you know, for those people who say, well, abortion should be legal for rape and incest. You know, the child didn't uh, commit the crime, and I know it's a tragedy. It's a trauma on the mother. But you don't overcome one trauma by imposing a greater trauma. Right,
2: two wrongs don't like a right. <laughs> Killing
1: doesn't yeah. ultimately undo the trauma. Right. Life ultimately undoes the trauma, and time heals that trauma. And I know that from my family situation mm-hmm. where my dad raped my sister. So you got rape and incest in the same act uh, based on the sin of my dad. Now, my sister chose life, and she ended up having the child. And that child is my niece. That child has grown up and also has another child. Mm -hmm. So I have two generations of children in my family that are originating from the sin of my dad. You know, you don't go back and say these 40 years later, however many years it may be in any person's case, oh, I wish the person would not be alive. Uh, life really is the choice to make, and God ultimately heals trauma. There's no trauma that God cannot heal.
2: Right, and so many people give the same testimony. You know, they were the product, so to speak, of a rape, but they are, you know, celebrating their life, and they have a testimony to speak as well.
1: Yeah, some of the very strong pro-life speakers. I mean, you look at— some of these great religious leaders they were products of rape and their mother chose to ultimately have them and um, uh, here they are and they've contributed incredibly to, um, the, the world around them.
2: Right. So, and we tend to put circumstances, you know, uh, regarding abortion. They say, well, after so many weeks, it's okay. Or for this reason, it's okay. Well, you know, God created life from the moment of conception. It's never okay to snuff that out.
1: Well, never. and even, you know, I know a, a friend whose name is Kim and she's been wheelchair bound since she was young from birth. And, You know, if you look at Kim, she can use her arms but not her legs, so she is uh, confined to a wheelchair. And she's been that way since—she's in her 60s now. Uh, She's been that way from birth. And if you look at her, you could feel sorry for her. But when she is looking at it from her perspective, she's not feeling sorry for herself. It's sometimes—it's our perceptions imposed on somebody else, and yet God created— Kim, for a purpose. She's been an amazing uh, individual throughout her life. Uh, But she is in tune with the Lord and content with uh, where the Lord has her, even though she has restrictions uh, that other people don't have. And so a lot of times we impose these perceptions and our feelings onto somebody else. But you have to realize that with God, all things are precious. And with Whatever tragedy that you experience, God can turn that into hope and forgiveness and to help others as well.
2: Right, and most of all, those people, like your friend Kim is glorifying the Lord in her life. I think about people I know who have down syndrome they are precious yeah they are such a blessing to me because they just love god and they smile and they're they're joyful and i think oh i want that kind of mentality right what a blessing it is right. to us
1: right exactly they're, they teach us lessons right you know i had uh in uh, when i was a dean of the law school at liberty uh there was a uh, girl by the name of crystal and uh Her mother was counseled to get an abortion, saying that uh, she's going to be a vegetable. Um, Probably the birth, where she comes through the birth canal, will crush her skull and she'll Mm. die. The mother chose life, and um, she was a quadriplegic. She was not able to um, use her hands hardly at all, so she had to have an electric um, wheelchair. She ended up graduating her undergraduate degree with a degree in mathematics. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> That's incredible. Then she comes to law school, and every time she would enter a room, she would literally light up the room with her presence. She was unbelievable. She uh, excelled in law school. Uh, she could not take notes, so her mind had developed so that she could just listen and she could remember what was being said. Oh, you know, All of us are out there taking notes, right, and you have to go back and review your notes. She had no notes. Uh, it was all in her head. Uh, Because she had developed those other God-given abilities that a lot of times we don't develop because we rely upon somebody else. It's kind of like you rely upon a calculator, you forget how to add and subtract and do complex mathematics. Well, she not only excelled in law school, but she became part of the law review um, because of her writing ability. And then when she graduated, um, she went to, back to Minnesota, where she was from, and she now is a partner of a law firm. Amazing. It's amazing. And this, and so we actually had somebody come to the law school, uh, and it was a debate between a pro-life crisis center person and somebody who was pro-abortion. And afterward, we had a reception for the speakers, and uh, Crystal comes there, and this lady is talking about abortion. When Crystal comes into the circle and she starts talking and she shares her story, what does that speaker that's pro-abortion say? Well, it's better for you. You should have been killed in the womb. You should have been aborted. I mean, it's a testimony you can't Mm -hmm. rebut.
2: Can't deny that, yeah.
1: And, you know, no matter what, God, uh, whatever your circumstances are— Uh, God can take those circumstances that may seem dark, whatever you're facing, whatever it may be, abortion or otherwise, can take those circumstances and change those circumstances for something that is a blessing and that's powerful and that will be full of healing and hope for you. Well, let's pray that this abortion decision at the Supreme Court does ultimately overturn Roe v. Wade. You can go to Liberty Council's website to read our uh, brief on that issue, lc.org, lc.org for more information.
0: You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org, where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. Call us at 407-875-1776, lc.org.